Okay, ladies, if I could just have your attention for just a few minutes, feel free to go ahead, continue eating and everything. I just wanted to share a little bit with you. For those of you that don't know me, my name's Elizabeth Lero. I'm the Director of Care and Women's Ministries here, and um, I get paid to do fun things like this and talk to people at coffee, and I have the best job in the world, right? I mean, this is awesome. So um, this morning, we had a group meeting in this room. We wanna thank our New Horizons team for our cute little um, tablecloths and uh, fuzzy or like the grassy stuff that's on the tables. Um, they, we had an event there this morning and we had um, a representative from Align Life Ministries coming. Her name was Laura Brock. And Align Life is, um, it, it was formerly called Susquehanna Valley Pregnancy Services. And they changed their name in probably 2020 timeframe because they wanted to align their ministry um, with what they were, the things that they were working on and the things they felt God was leading them on. And so they, they changed their name from Susquehanna Valley Pregnancy Services to Align Life Ministries. And when I think about it, I think about that word life. I mean, that is the center of their name. It's, it's core to their name, this life. And it's just stuck with me. And so you think about how often we use the word life just in normal conversation. For example, we might say, Amanda Martin is the life of the party. Or we might say, does life exist on the moon? Does life exist on Mars? For the life of me, I can't understand why anybody would eat sushi or scrapple or any, like that's just yuck. Like I just, I, for the life of me, I don't get it. As I mentioned earlier, Align Life Ministries is a pro-life, gospel-focused ministry. And I have a new life in Christ. And so when we hear the word life, we think vitality. We think the act of being alive, a beating heart, laughter, and joy. That's life. In the beginning, God spoke and the world leapt into existence. In Genesis 2, 7, it tells us about the first human life. Then the Lord God formed the man from dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and then the man became a living creature. I mean, what a picture. Can't you see that? Can't you see God you know, leaning down, breathing life into um, Adam? Jesus infamously said in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the way, the truth, and the life. That is so powerful. And in that context, I looked up the word in the, in the Greek, and the word life there means a life that is real and genuine, a life that is active and vigorous, a life devoted to God, a life blessed on this side of heaven as well as for eternity, and a life that lasts forever. But as I thought about the word life, and I thought about what I wanted to share today, the verse that kept coming to my mind was John 10, 10, where Jesus said, the thief comes to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. Jesus came that we might have not just life that is real and genuine, active and vigorous, 
blessed here and for eternity, he came to give us abundant life, abundant life. Not just a little bit of life and blessing, but over and above what is necessary. You might say super added, a super added life. Charles Spurgeon wrote, life is a matter of degrees. Some have life, but it flickers like a dying candle and is indistinct as the fire in the smoking flax. Others are full of life and are bright and vehement. And as I reflected on this verse, um, the, what came to mind is that um, I had to ask myself, I mean, Jesus came that I might have life and have it abundantly. And I had to ask myself, does my life have life? Let me ask you that question. Does your life have life? Are you allowing the thief to come and steal and destroy the abundant life that Christ came to give you? David Gusick wrote about this verse. He said, abundant life isn't an especially long life. Abundant life isn't an easy, comfortable life. Abundant life is a life of satisfaction and contentment in Jesus. Did you hear that? Abundant life is a life of satisfaction and contentment in Jesus. Are you satisfied and content? If so, congratulations, you're living the life. You're living the life that Jesus came to give you and that he died to give you. So well done. That's awesome. But if you're not, perhaps consider where you're putting your idea of contentment. Perhaps you're looking back on life and reflecting on what you once had but you no longer have. Perhaps you're looking at social media and are stuck in a world of comparison. Perhaps your body doesn't look the same way it did 10 years ago, or maybe it doesn't work the same way it worked 10 years ago, and you're frustrated with how things are now. These are all losses that we can grieve. It's okay to grieve them, but I don't think God wants us to stay there. I think you can have grief and you can have abundant life at the same time. It's crazy, I know, but I have experienced it. Jesus said he came to give us abundant life. And even when it's dark, the truth is that with him, we can still have abundant life. The Apostle Paul knew what it was like to go through difficulties. He was a Pharisee of Pharisees. He had praise in his community and honor. He was zealously defending God's honor by persecuting those blasphemous Christians. But then one day he had an encounter with Christ and it changed him forever. And he went from persecuting Christians to being persecuted. We can look and see what kind of life Paul experienced. He was kidnapped, he was beaten, he was threatened, he was arrested many times. He was sued, interrogated, ridiculed, and shipwrecked. And yet, he still says in Philippians 4, 11 to 13, I am not saying this because I am in need, for I have learned to be content, whatever the circumstances. I know what it is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do all this through him who gives me strength. 
Ladies, sometimes the abundant life, living that abundant life, means learning to be content in every circumstance, in every season of life. God can give you the strength to be content in those circumstances. Jesus came to give you an abundant life. And that abundant life starts when you, like Paul, learn to be content. Not too long ago, I was struggling with contentment. I was very unhappy and sad. And I can remember driving and praying and um, I said, Lord, I am just not content. You know, why can't this situation be this way? Why can't it be my way? Why can't things be the way I want them to be? And just very clearly, my heart was convicted at that moment that I was, I was not content because I was looking for my contentment in a place other than in Christ. And so I had to repent. I had to say, Lord, forgive me for my discontent. You know, help me be content. And the truth is I have to pray that prayer every single day because I am a sinner in need of a Savior and I want things my way. And so I have to give that to him each and every day. Every day, Lord, help me be content. Lord, forgive me for my discontent. And so today I'd like for you to reflect on your life. Are you living an abundant life like that candle that Charles Spurgeon talked about that's shining brightly and vehemently? Or is your flame dim and dying out? My ESV study Bible says Jesus calls his followers not to a dour, lifeless, miserable existence that squashes human potential, but to a rich, full, joyful life, one, full, one overflowing with meaningful activities under the personal favor and blessing of God and in continual fellowship with his people. So ladies, ask God to help you be content. It's something that you aren't, it, it's not something that you just are. You have to ask for it. It's something that you have to learn. Learn to be content. Ask God to help you find a rich, full, joyful life where your contentment rests in him and in him alone so that you can experience the abundant life that Christ came, died, and rose again to give you. So let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for each of the ladies and sisters who are here tonight, God. I know there are heavy hearts in this room. We all carry burdens. And Lord, you are here with us. We know that you are close to the brokenhearted. We know that you save those who are crushed in spirit. Father, I pray that you would help us to keep our eyes on you, to help us to look to you and to you alone for our contentment, for our joy. Father, forgive us for our discontent. Help us to find our contentment in you. Lord, we, um, we thank you just for this time that we can be together. I just pray it would be joyful and fun. I pray, Lord, for new relationships and new friendships. And Lord, let it all be to your glory and honor. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right.